0: You're listening to the Road to Damascus podcast, where we tackle the subjects saints and churches need to have, but are reluctant to, where our goal is to go from religion to relationship. Hello, hello, hello. I wanna welcome you to the first podcast episode of Road to Damascus. I wanna thank you all for taking the time to listen to uh, my show. Uh, this is something that I'll be doing, uh, hopefully, weekly It's um, a Road to Damascus podcast show uh, where our premise will be to discuss subjects that are sometimes taboo, shall I say, within the body of Christ, but things that need to be talked about, things that need to be discussed for the edification of us all within the body of Christ. I know a lot of times there are subjects and things that we think that need to be discussed in, can't always have those discussions when it's a preacher sitting on stage preaching, but sometimes things need to be talked about within the body of Christ, excuse me, so we can all be edified through understanding, through knowledge, uh, ironing sh- iron sharpening iron. So welcome to our first show. I'm running dolo, as the young people say today, or solo. Um, but in the future, I will plan on having tons of guests appear on the show. I plan on having a regular co-host so we can discuss certain topics that we can talk about them on an intellectual level, We'll be able to share these thoughts with you and talk about things in a way that aren't always talked about when it comes to the body of Christ. Um, I want to have pastors and ministers and panelists and people who believe what I believe and don't believe what I believe. But we can sit here and have an intelligent discussion about these things. And like I said, some things that sometimes are taboo within the body of Christ, but knowing that it's all for the edification, uh, for understanding, for knowledge, and for power. um, I believe that there is a move in the body of Christ now to be able to get the message out to the masses. And for a long time, uh, God was dealing with me on this form that I had to be able to begin to get my message out and the things that the Lord was giving me as part of my ministry I had to be here to share those people share that message with the masses And it doesn't always mean being on the pulpit preaching to 10,000 or 20,000 people or being on the pulpit and teaching Bible study or things like that but it's time for us to begin to use the marketplace ministry um, to be able to get our message out Um, because that is one thing in the body of christ that we need to be able to talk to people on their level and have discussions on their level because not everybody is intellect in in a sophisticated um intellectual position to be able to discuss christ the way other people are but you want to be able to be all things to all men as paul said um and being all things to all men means doing things that other men are doing to be able to get their messages out through podcasts, through social media functions such as Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, um, Facebook, yeah, YouTube, things like that. So expect a lot of things to be done around YouTube, and podcast, and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all those other forms. We'll be using all those forms. Um, to be able to get our message out with relations to road to Damascus. Um, so just a brief input on how this ministry got started. Um, it's my ministry, um, all under the umbrella and, and teachings and through my pastor here at uh, Consumer fire Christian center. But I wasn't always here at Consumer fire Christian center. I like many people have had a journey, uh, that started, long time ago, August 17th, 1999, where I was uh, delivered at my grandparents' house. Um, it's so funny, cause I remember like it was yesterday, but it was a PCAF and a PAW convention in town. Um, here I live in the Metro Detroit area and both conventions were going on. And I was uh, leaving the day before I was leaving to go to college and my girlfriend, now wife, at the time girlfriend was pregnant and i knew that the only way that i could be the man of god that i needed to be to be a great father was to give myself to god i didn't know i knew what it meant to be saved as far as speaking in tongues but i didn't know what it meant to be saved as far as a lifestyle and i remember we were at my grandparents house me and my cousin whose father is a bishop and her girlfriend and her sister and we were having a discussion and the Lord had been dealing with me for a couple of months up to that point. And the night that we were talking, I never was supposed to even be there that night. I was supposed to be out somewhere else, but we begin to get into a very deep conversation about God and the things that I have for my life. So my cousin said, well, she wanted us to pray together. And I remember when we walked into this uh, room in my grandparents' house at the time, I just had an overwhelming sense of, of God in, in the atmosphere. And, and I remember getting on my knees and my cousin said, where well, are there any prayer requests? And I told her emphatically that I'm not leaving this room until I get what God is, has for me to have. And as I begin to pray and thank God for the things he was doing in my life, the Holy Ghost fell upon me. I began to speak in tongue through evidence of the Holy Ghost. And ever since then, it's been a, a journey. But what I began to do is when I left for college, I began to notice that I was studying the word, trying to understand the word, trying to know the word. But the things that I was reading in the word weren't manifesting themselves in the in the body of Christ on an everyday basis. And it was starting to get a little frustrating to me because. I'm reading about all these great things in the body of Christ and reading about all these great men and the things that they were doing within the body of Christ. But I wasn't seeing that manifestation myself. I wasn't seeing the the, 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 greatness, the, the, the healing, the, the preaching, the, the selflessness, all of those things were lacking to me. And I started to notice that, um, even some of the things that I held on myself, were not things that were scripturally accurate or scripturally factual, but just more or less religiously factual and religiously taught. And I, it, the Bible says that he who gains knowledge, gains sorrow. And through my years and journeys of walking in Christ, I really understand or what that scripture means to me is, is the more you begin to understand, the more you begin to know about the body of christ about god about this world about yourself you become sorrowful because you realize that you've missed out on so many things that you didn't always notice and if i would only learn this sooner and you know what hindsight is 2020 but it we can't look back because the enemy is uh the god of our past and we need to be worrying about today and what we can control today but anyway so as I began to walk on this journey, I, I begin to pray and ask God to, to show me what, what my role was within the body of Christ. What did you want me to do, Father? What, what was your calling for me? And immediately the Lord showed me that I was called to do ministry. And you know, uh growing up in a family that was in the church, and you hear those type of things, and I remember going to church and I'm thinking to myself, it's no way in the world I am going to be a pulpit preacher, it's not for me. Um, I, I, I can't do it, I won't do it, I don't want to do it. But when I would meet uh different people, they would prophesy to me, Oh, you've been called to be a pastor, a minister, and things like that. And I would just buck away from it and say, No, not me. Um, I was attending different churches, um, you know, um, I started off as a Young person going to a church called Solomon's Temple that's in uh, the Detroit area, was pastored by the late, great uh, William Bonner. I went there uh, my early years to my early teenage years And when I left that church. Um, I began to go to a church called Life Application Ministries. That's uh, pastored by the great uh, Adolph Bishop Adolphus Cass. Um, Went there for quite a while. And then i left that church and i'm at my church home now uh with at consuming fire christian center with the great pastor keith hudson and it's funny because i tell people my journey and my walk within the body of christ matches almost like the churches that i were at was at, and how i evolved as a person and evolved in my ministry and what i mean by that is is when i was at solomon's temple solomon's temple was very um, traditional in, uh, some of the things that they did, the women wore bonnets over their head and not bonnets that they sleep in, but like the white bonnets where the scripture talks about women covering their head in the church. Um, it was very structured, um, very, you know, he, he was a pastor that was on television. So, you know, he preached for 45 minutes and then you could tell as it started to rev up to go into, um, into uh what I call the the worship minute where people, the Holy Ghost would begin to ban and start to do, 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 and people start to shout and things like that. And I call that my Old Testament experience. And then um when I left that church, I went to Life Application Ministries where uh Bishop Cass was teaching in a way that he applied scripture to everyday life. And and I had never um, had this, the Bible talk to me that way or preach to me that way. And it was very, uh, fascinating and illuminating for me. And I, I just fell in love with the ministry and I was there for a long time. And it taught me so much about, um, how to approach people, how to deal with people when you use the word of Christ. But it also was allowed me to see people that were honest about where they had come from. Um, In the body of Christ, you know, I had never heard people talk about their drug addictions or people talk about the ways God had delivered them or the things that he had brought them out of. So that was very fascinating to me. Um, And that was my New Testament experience. Um, But I needed to tie that all up. And and when I joined Life Application Ministries, excuse me, when I joined Consumer Fire Christian Center, where I'm at now, I'll never forget the first because I had family that had been attending the church and they would talk about the move of God in the church and how sometimes they wouldn't even preach and it would just be heavy worship and they were ushering in God and glory clouds and things like that. And I used to think to myself, yeah, I ain't going to that church. I ain't even preaching. I need to hear some word. I need to be fed. Um, So I was very reluctant to even attend the church and things like that. I had a relationship with the pastor because he was close with my family, but it was just something that I wasn't interested in being a part of. Um, but I had left uh, Life Applications Ministry, so I was visiting other churches looking for a new church home. And I decided, you know what? Let me go on and visit um, Consuming Fire and see what what the hype is about. And I'll never forget the day that I went to came to the church. Um, it was the first time I had came and. The pastor um, um, who I hadn't, like I said, had known and had a relationship with, um, but never heard him preach or speak or things like that. He was talking and he said that God had given him um, an unction that he needed to do something special for the body of Christ. So um, he begins to he after he preaches his word, he said that God told him to do this. So he brings one of the deacons up. He sets up a table. And he has the deacon whip out um, some form of a checkbook or something. And he begins to ask people who needs uh, this bill paid and how much do you need it paid for? And the person would come up and whisper whatever into his ear. And he would ask the deacon to write a check and he would put it in the envelope for him. And the minute I saw that, I knew I was home because I had never seen because I had started to see the body of Christ shift where we were talking about money lines and getting your blessings on a thousand dollars leaving it up here and like we were treating god like a genie where if we gave him money we would get a blessing it was almost like our blessings we were paying for a blessing from god and it wasn't being freely given to us like the bible says. if a man believing he lacked let him ask it from god and he'll freely give it so to see that this man of god was giving money to to people of christ writing checks for them to be able to pay whatever bills and i mean he called up people for electric bills people needed help with their mortgage people needed help with whatever it need be but he called them up and he ministered to them, and he wrote them these checks and that was one awesome thing to me and i I knew at that point that i was home and i joined the church and went to the classes and got my minister's license and begin he began to let me preach and teach at the church, um, on a, on a smaller scale basis just to refine my skills. So I was very appreciative of that. And that's how I knew that this was home for me and how he was the one who was going to usher in what I needed to do to move my ministry forward. And, and I call that my spiritual, um, Experience where I tied it all together. I had my old Testament experience. I had my new Testament experience, but I didn't have that spiritual experience where this was the place where I was starting to build a relationship. And that's what we need to do in the body of Christ. And that's really what it's about is building a relationship. Um, so I just want to thank my pastor Keith Hudson for this opportunity to, um, record my podcast because i'm recording it right here in uh, the church i want to thank him for that i want to thank him for his support for me sp- taking him through the spin cycle for three or four years about the things that i wanted to do and him never getting frustrated with me but supporting me the whole way he is truly a man of god i love and respect him and appreciate everything that he has done for me and I, and I don't say that uh, hap, hap-heartedly, but I say that truly because he has truly supported the things that I wanted to do in the ministry and the person that I've wanted to be in the body of Christ. Um, but the main part of this ministry is based on the road to Damascus experience. And uh, for many of you who don't know, uh, or some of you will know, but uh, the road to Damascus <coughs> is an experience that started with uh, a man by the name of Saul. Now I know some of y'all say, I don't remember reading about a Saul in the body of Christ. Who is this Saul character? Well, Saul, who later became Paul or the Apostle Paul, or in some circles, uh, Saint Paul, um, you know, depending on what your denomination may be. But um, Saul was uh, someone who was, uh, he was a, uh, a pharisee uh preacher or yeah pharisee preacher i guess i will go with that who uh, has sat under uh the pharisee leader at the time who was Gamaliel, who had learned the torah and knew it back and forth and had been such a a zealot and lover of god i mean this was a man who was super passionate about god he was so passionate about god that when he began to hear that there were people calling themselves Christians that said that this man, Christ who had died some years before that was the son of God who had died on the cross. He became angry. And, and what Christians at that time were hiding and having little small groups um, because they were being sought out to be persecuted and killed. And he had got um, a order. Saul did to uh, go to a city, in Damascus to go and find uh, Christians there and to bring them where they would be jailed and probably uh, killed for blasphemy. Um, he had even killed uh, Stephen who was uh, one of the newer apostles that uh, was chosen after uh, Judas had killed himself. So he was the one who executed that Stephen be killed. Um, so that's what Saul was doing. And when Saul was on his, road to damascus or on the road excuse me i'm thinking about me talking about myself but when paul was saul was on the road to damascus um a bright light came and knocked him off of his horse and when the light knocked him off of the horse he began to hear a voice and it said saul saul why do thou persecute me it was jesus who was presenting himself to uh saul and at that moment, Saul saw that the Christ that he was killing people for was real. And so what happened was at that point, uh, Saul was, uh, was struck in with blindness temporarily and, um, an angel of the Lord went to Ananias, a man who, uh, was in the city that he was supposed to be in and said that, uh, a man named Saul will be coming to see you. Well, Ananias knew who Saul was because. Saul had been one that if you were a Christian, you knew about because you knew he was persecuting and killing them. And when the angel said, no, he's been converted and you're gonna help him get his sight back. He's at the church waiting for you right now. When Ananias showed up to the church, he saw Saul there and he prayed over Saul. It said the scales fell from his eyes and he immediately began to preach um, about his conversion. And subsequently from there, Paul, left the city uh where he went to the the desert where he was taught for three and a half years by christ himself where he prayed and studied and understood the the body of christ and he did that for three and a half years so when he finally caught up with the apostles that had walked with jesus the scripture said that he wasn't a whip behind meaning he wasn't too far behind their knowledge he wasn't too far behind their understanding of the the word of christ so what does the road to damascus experience mean for us as a body of christ or what does it mean for us as children of god i'm glad you asked um what that means is is that we need to understand that we need to have a damascus experience because the thing i tell people and when i minister to them is is when we read the new testament the new testament is paul's revelation of jesus through his understanding and knowledge of the old testament paul made such claims or statements excuse me i should say in the new testament that i pray more than any of you and i wish you could pray as much as i do he said that is that he wishes that no man be married that they can be like him but it is better to marry than to burn so he was he 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 would start off his letters to to the churches as i christ a prisoner you know he was calling himself a prisoner of of christ because he had become so engulfed and so um consumed with christ that that was his everyday being you know in him we walk moving excuse me have our being so that became all consuming to paul so he began to move forward but what we need to do is i'm not saying that you have to be a prisoner but that would be a good thing and i'm not saying the extremities that the extremeness that paul went to as far as not being married and things like that what i'm trying to get you to understand is the Damas- the and this is me and i'll always when i'm saying me i'll always start it off by saying this is brock 101 which i learned from bishop Cass. but brock 101 means this is my belief and my understanding of a particular scripture or a particular person or a subject matter. You may feel differently. You may have a different interpretation, which I would love to discuss that with you. But to me, the the bigger point of it is, is Paul always believed in God. He loved God. Paul just didn't have the refinement or the understanding or the knowledge of who Jesus was. Paul was stuck in religion. Um, the religion of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the ones who were bound still by the law. Um, The law was the law. And we know what the scripture says about the law. Uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to break the law, but came to fulfill it. So they were still dealing with law subjects, law matters. So they still dealt with people as far as the law. They didn't understand the freedom that had come through Christ Jesus. So when Paul was converted, he went from religion, Sadducees, Pharisees to relationship with Christ Jesus. And that's what we need to do, saints, is we need to move from religion to relationship. Um, Religion. I look at it where the scripture says that the 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 doctrine of men has made the word of God of non effect. See, religion is truly just a way a a set of beliefs uh, or subject matter that not necessarily is scripturally based but it's more or less religion is something that we believe and we hold dear and we we it's a set of traditions that people pass on to one another um you know traditions like every year me and my family have a thanksgiving dinner together no matter what um so This all of a sudden becomes a belief and we think that this needs to happen. So it's almost like some kind of religious type effect in that standpoint. I'm not saying that all tradition is bad. I would never say that because there are some traditions that are good. But what I'm saying is, is when we begin to hold on to religion, it doesn't allow us to understand relationship and the thing is this is jesus uh it, jesus said that there'll be the day that you'll come to me and say i did this in your name and i did that in your name and he'll say depart from me you a worker you worker of iniquity i knew you not when somebody says i knew you not that means i don't know you we don't have a relationship who are you i don't know you and that's where the relationship aspect comes in see Paul was a prisoner because he had a relationship. He knew who Christ was. He consumed himself with Christ through prayer, through fasting, and that's what we need to do. We need to begin to have a relationship with Christ. That is the key cog, to me that is missing within the body of Christ, is that we don't wanna have a true relationship. And when we have a, think about this, when we have a relationship with somebody, we're less reluctant to do things that that would hurt that person or would disappoint that person. We don't want to do things that disappoint our parents and we love them. We have a relationship with them. We don't want to do things to disappoint our friends, our colleagues, or co-workers. Why? Because we have a relationship with them. We're less likely to commit egregious acts if we know that we have a relationship with somebody and this can upset the apple cart per se. Stop the friendship. Um, have our people disappointed with us, but we don't have a relationship with Christ. So we're, l- don't really feel a need to not do things. We are, I, th- I think a lot of people have moral compasses that, uh, make us, uh, naturally good people, but a relationship with Christ is, you know what? I can't do that because I love Christ too much. I won't do that because I love Christ too much. You know, one time I was talking to a friend of mine and I said something to him that I don't think that he truly understood and it could be a little um, uh, harsh to some people and I don't mean it in a harsh way, but I told him that the thing that stops me from cheating on my wife isn't how much I love my wife, but it's how much I love Christ and what I mean by, and I love my wife dearly wouldn't trade around for anything. But what I meant by that is, is we have a covenant um, that is in the eyes of God to becoming one. And this flesh will never be saved. So my flesh would yearn for me to maybe go out and cheat or have an affair or things like that. My, If it was up to my flesh, I would, would go out and sleep with, whoever do whatever. But because I love Christ and I love what he's given me and I appreciate and respect what he's given me, I don't go out and do these things because of the love of him first and foremost because he is above all things. Now he is in my marriage. I know he's given me uh the 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 love that I have. I, I mean I do believe that he who findeth the wife findeth the good thing and have favor with the Lord. But I do believe sometimes in divine relationships and things like that. But I believe that I love Christ so much that it stops me from doing certain things because I don't want to disappoint him first and foremost. Before I make certain decisions, before I say certain things, before I do certain things, when I feel grieved after I do something it's because I know I've disappointed Christ. That's the kind of person that I am. I'm I'm not the type of person who doesn't steal because I'm scared that so a man repossessially also so. I'm a man that doesn't steal because I don't want God to be uh to be frowned upon because then if I associate myself with him and I do wrong, now he is the one who will get the ridicule he is the one who will be frowned upon Up oh, they go those christians cutting up but yet every day people call themselves christians they call themselves children of god and they commit egregious acts and they say they do it in the name of christ and they do it in the name of jesus and they do it in the name of god and they quote scriptures and things like that well those are people that are religious because they don't have a relationship because if you truly had a relationship you would do things out of love the bible says hope faith and love but the greatest of these three are love so you would do these things out of love for christ and love for your fellow man no greater sacrifice than a man laid on his life for his brother you know these are the type of things that uh we need to to to, to move forward in and to do, and we can't do these things when we allow ourselves to be stuck in this box of religion. See what religion does is it tells us that there are limits to the things that we can do, but in but in a relationship we know there are no limits to the things we can do because when a religion will religion will tell me oh, you can't do this, you can't do that, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Well, it only goes this far and only tells you this much. Well. When Paul was writing the New Testament, he wasn't reading the New Testament. He was reading the Torah. He was understanding the Torah. That's why he quotes it so much. But he was getting revelation through Christ Jesus. And that's where today you can get revelation through Christ, through prayer, through studying the Old and the New Testament. And when you get this relevant, this revelation, then you begin to elevate and you get to see beyond the stars. Religion says the sky is the limit but relationship says this um the limit is the sky and that's what we need to do and that's what we should want to do moving forward is not limit ourselves not put uh this extraordinary god this extraordinary christ in a box and that's what we do every day when we uh limit ourselves in religion and uh, limit ourselves um Without having a, a true relationship, one where we can talk to him, you know, when um, when when we talk about like the Lord's prayer and things and they ask, well, how should we pray? And the Lord told uh, quoted the Lord's prayer to him. But the Lord wants us to talk to him like we talk every day just to. Hey, Jesus, how you doing? You know, I'm really going through it because when you have a relationship with somebody, you can be frank with them. and he wants you to be frank with him. He wants you to be open with him. You know, you don't have to always do it in the way that you think you've been taught to. Oh, Father, Heavenly Father, I thank you for I mean, that's respectful and things like that. But the way the scripture breaks it down is is we needed Jesus as a a human sacrifice one for our salvation but two the bible talks about us being joint heirs through christ jesus so he is like a brother to us someone we should be able to relate to someone we should uh be able to come to with our he's a our big brother and anybody who has siblings know that when you have a older sibling and y'all have a close relationship that's the person that you confide in you bring your issues to so when you come to him he already knows but come to him in a, in a openness and and these are the things that begin to break down the walls of of religion and when you read scripture read it for understanding read it for discernment but don't read it for literalness i think a lot of times in the um in the days of what we call the holy rollers and and a church that wasn't uh big churches that were in town in detroit like clinton street bethlehem temple uh people when they back in those days if you didn't say praise the lord to people that meant you weren't saved anymore if if a woman uh wore pants that was frowned upon if you wore a ring after you got married they wanted you to wear watches you weren't allowed to go to the movies um there were a lot of rules that they had because when they read the scripture they read it out of ignorance and they took everything literal i'm not calling them ignorant i'm talking about their uh, understanding of Scripture was that of literalness and not that of of a metaphorical way to understand how we need to apply it to our lives today. So you know, women had to dress a certain way, uh, men had to conduct themselves in a certain way. And I know a lot of older people will say, "Well, might have been religious, but at least we had some structure." And I agree with that. That's why I said not all tradition is bad tradition, but there are some some things that were inappropriate now and there are some things that are inappropriate today i think unfortunately we've done a complete 180 where we went from super religious to almost no religion at all and no relationship at all the religion part you don't need but the relationship you do need um but that doesn't mean not going to church that doesn't mean disassociating yourself from the brethren that means coming together with people because relationship is key is important because that's what paul did he went to sought out the apostles to build relationships he sought out uh, other people barnabas and people like that who became um his his friends uh luke um the physician these were people that he built relationships with you know he understood that you need a relationship not just with people not just with christ but with people every day because again iron sharpens ironing he would understand that there had to be a a a foregoing for the things that you do because everybody touches everybody in different ways and that's what uh paul did and that's what i want to do with this ministry and that's what we're going to do with the subjects that we discuss the things that we discuss we're going to uh bring enlightenment to people um I want to really harp on getting people out of a religious mindset and more into a relational mindset, because I really think that one of the things that are is stopping us from truly getting um, a breakthrough in the body of Christ the way we want. That's truly stopping us from opening the floodgates of heaven is because we don't have a relationship. If I don't have a relationship with you, why am I going to trust you with so much responsibility, so much Uh, kingdom wealth and when i say kingdom wealth i don't just mean um riches as far as monetary i mean riches as far as um a wealth as far as uh, uh, a wealth of understanding a wealth of knowledge a wealth of people a wealth of love and and those things will lead to the other things the bible says seek ye first the kingdom and all his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you well what are the things that will be added unto you Whatever those things are that you desire, those are the things that will be added on to you. But first, you have to seek ye first the kingdom and all its righteousness. That means you seek the kingdom. You once you find it, then you learn about his righteousness. That goes back to learning, to relationships, to understanding. So when I have people on the show and we have discussions, we'll be discussing many topics that I want to bring it out of uh, of maybe how it's looked upon as religiously but how we can flip that around to being brought in relationship wise um that 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 is my ministry that is the the thing that i really want to do that's uh the ways i want to touch people is through um through breakthroughs through religion um breakthroughs out of religion into relationship because that's what God did to me. Once I started to move out of religion I, and into and, and relationship, I began to forgive easier because the Bible's, you know, God, we have to forgive, you know, a man asks for forgiveness. You forget that man seven and 70 times. And, you know, you begin to walk like Christ, you know, I, I press towards the mark at a high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. When you have a relationship, you begin to, Pick up the 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 ways of that person you have a relationship with. You know the birds of a feather flock together. Well, when you have a relationship with Christ, you begin to walk like Him, talk like Him, think like Him, and now you find yourself like, wow, I didn't know that. wow, I didn't know I could be so forgiving. I didn't know I can be so understanding. I didn't know I could be so compassionate. I didn't know I could be so loving. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but this is something that you need to work towards because you, you, you've been raised a certain way, just like Paul had been raised a certain way. And there were certain things that, that trouble him and that, uh, stopped him from moving forward. I mean, he talks about the, the thorn in his flesh and the things like that. So there are checks and balances for all of us and ways that God can keep us in check. But we definitely need to start to press towards that mark and that high calling, which is Christ Jesus. Um, So we're gonna be uh, getting out of here soon, but I just want you to know that there are uh, social media platforms that we have right now that I wanna share with you folks. Uh, We have a Twitter page. um, So come and follow us on Twitter. The Twitter uh, handle is at underscore road to Damascus. uh, It's the number two and not the word two. Again, that's at underscore road to Damascus. Uh, We have an Instagram page. If you have an Instagram, come follow us on Instagram. Right now, it's not much on these pages, but it'll continue to grow as my ministry continues to grow as as I begin to put this uh, information out there. Our Instagram um, is at Road the Number Two Damascus, all one word. Uh, Again, the Instagram page is at uh, Road uh, Number Two Damascus, all one word. Um, And then lastly, we have a Snapchat, which I'm not a huge user of Snapchat. I'm still learning how to use that, but um, our Snapchat name is uh, Road to Damascus. So, follow us on any of these medium forms or media outlets. We'll be having a YouTube channel coming soon um, where we'll be having different uh, Bible study videos that I'll be doing on there. Um, so, we're really going to try to touch people and move people with this ministry. Um, it's time for me to get off my thumbs and do what Christ has called me to do. Um, so, feel free to uh, reach out to us on those forms. Um, give us some feedback, um, negative or positive. Um, I just want to know how people feel, um, things that we can do to make the show better. Like I said, I was running solo today, but I'll be having a uh, guest uh, with me moving forward. Every show will be uh, someone new. Um, right now, we'll be doing shows once a week, uh, depending on the success and the popularity of it. Maybe we might end up bumping it up to a couple of shows a week. But um, I just want to thank you for tuning in to my very first Road to Damascus podcast. I hope that you'll come back next week where we'll have tons of subject matter, tons of topics uh, moving forward. I should say not just next week, but next week and and so on and so forth. We'll have tons of topics, subject matters, uh, guest hosts and things like that. Uh, So thank you for listening to Road to Damascus. I'm Brock Hendricks. We thank you for tuning in to the Road to Damascus podcast. Feel free to download any of our previous shows and always look out for new shows. You can also download any of our information from our YouTube page. That's at Road to Damascus uh, YouTube channel.